Welcome to season three of Handpicked. It's so great to be back with a wonderful sponsor in ClearCo, but what great businesses we have discovered. It's a great way to show and feel and learn about what's going on in Australian business. So if you like what you hear, perhaps you could rate us or review us or refer it to another business owner. So, Christine, welcome to Handpick the Podcast. It's so great to have you on the line. And I know you've got to ask me really hard and challenging questions, but we have met before. In fact, we met in Brazil. <laughs> great place to meet entrepreneurs. I know. You know. I was telling someone. Uh, but maybe, why don't you give us a little overview of your journey to where you are, but also just about the business and what you're doing and the business model. Um, so, People Coach, we are an on-demand career and leadership development platform, and our mission is to ensure that every person has equal opportunity and equal access to a coach to really accelerate their personal, their professional and their business impact. And the idea came to me um, over a long period of gestation. I I guess, you know, it comes from many years. I've had over 20 years in executive recruitment and working with individuals to build careers, build teams, build profitable businesses. And the reality was I was working with um, lots of senior people as an executive coach. I was seeing the impact. Businesses were doing better. Teams were doing better. But I only got to work with the most senior people in organisations and I realised there was a huge gap. And if we really wanted to have real lifts in talent and capability and leadership, we really need to get resources to the middle um, part of business, so the middle managers, and that, that's what we do. So we, our sweet spot is working with emerging and developing leaders um, and to help them become better in their career better for their businesses and basically, you know, achieve what they want to achieve. So are you a business-to-business kind of offering or do individuals come to you too? We Our target at the moment is business-to-business, but we do work with individuals who find us. And actually that's been from really um, individuals who have been sponsored by their organisations going home and telling their partners and their partners actually wanting to work with us. So um, I think a smart person told me, it could even have been you, Naomi, I'd be really targeted in your audiences first up because marketing is expensive. So our target is business to business first uh, and business consumer, we definitely see an option. We definitely see that that's a, a future, but we're not focusing there just yet. Yeah. And also you get the authority of having those businesses effectively recommend you when they invite their people to participate in the program. Now, that's fantastic. And what questions do you have for me? I've got a list of questions here. So the first one is, what do you actually see as the biggest issue in business at the moment? Oh, look, without doubt, it's this notion of moving to a new way of working. And that means that it's outcome driven, not output driven. It's about hybrid work. People can be anywhere. Um, And also this notion of switching costs, you know, work one place one day and I can be in a new employer with a new laptop the next day. So, and, and sitting underneath all that is really culture, team and purposeful work. So what we do know is that if people are learning 
they're discovering, they're growing, they feel valued, they're contributing, they can see an outcome for their job and all of those actually are tied up together. They're far more likely to stay and not just stay but really contribute. You know, what is it that we've got those people who are just kind of sleepwalking inside inside an organisation, they're neither disengaged, which means they're angry, upset and trying to, you know, do damage to an enterprise to those who are just versus engaged who are offering ideas and lots of insight to the ones that are just show up and do nine to five. We employers want so much more and I think people want so much more, especially if they're remote working, that they feel a part of something bigger than themselves. It is the greatest challenge and it doesn't matter which leader I'm talking to, they're all talking about this notion of this new way of working. Um, customers are finding new ways of interacting, but it's the people piece that is is become really hard. That's what we're seeing and, in fact, a lot of our innovation has come from our customers saying, and can you help me with this problem, which are all around attention, uh, retention, attraction, development, productivity, motivation, and this hybrid working from home, where am I working, how do I manage that, that sort of thing. Um, okay, the next question I had with you is regarding equity. And how did, like, do you have a position, so I'm curious around how you funded your businesses, at what point did you, um, or would you recommend that people dilute their equity? And is there a point that's too soon or too late? So you'd take an equity partner for different sorts of reasons. But if it's just for working capital, it's all the wrong reasons. One of the reasons why ClearCo is sponsoring this season is because they've just come into Australia and that's what we call growth funding or growth capital. They will uh, effectively lend money based on your conversion rates so for online businesses. But equity is the most expensive um, way to raise money. And it could be challenging with the banks, uh, depending because they want guarantees and lifelong history. But when I look at equity, I look at what is the real assets that I want them to bring because money is available but is it that you're looking for insight, connections? So another reason for raising equity is about who as a brain trust you're putting around you. And again, that doesn't have to come with money. Sometimes it's much better to have independent advisors than somebody who's also putting money in. So I get really clear about what are the strategic goals of the business and then who's the best that could provide it. And sometimes you want a strategic partner and that strategic partner will give you growth. You know, I, I reflect on Quantium taking Woolworths as a strategic investor, you know, forever ago and I think they've upped their investment recently and it's not an obvious kind of strategic investor but actually when you think about it, it makes a lot of sense and I also know Woolworths did an investment in um, uh, Adore Beauty all those years ago and Kate's the first to say it wasn't actually a match made in heaven and it didn't really work because they had different agendas. So I'd, if it really is equity, I'd say what else are they bringing apart from money because if it's, if it's just money find another way. Don't give up equity just for cash at, at this early stage of a business. I think the startup world, the entrepreneur world has changed a lot from I think when you and I first started. I mean, I started my first business 20 years ago. I think you're about the same. Year, so, And it, it wasn't as 
common in some ways, I think, whereas now it's start up this, accelerated Unicorns that. Unicorns everywhere, Christine. Um, <laughs> oh, everyone's – and you can only – you know, it only works if you're a unicorn, right? So just paying the mortgage or living a nice life is not good enough, right? But, but what do you think that you would have had to do differently um, with Red Balloon? if you were starting now versus when you did start it? Oh, the big question was always build or buy. We had to build everything. And now there's so many services, software as a service. Uh, You know, even just getting a transcript done, right? You know, that used to be a big thing of taking a disc down to the... And now you just upload it and it's back in half, half an hour sort of thing. So the services available to businesses, it doesn't matter in what particular area. So I think staying curious, interested, asking the questions and... Finding out from what uh, from other entrepreneurs what works. I mean, if if nothing else, as part of what this podcast is about, is just looking inside other people's journeys because you realise as a startup and a founder, you're actually not alone. Like you all battle that. Like opening up in new countries. How how does that? What do you do to make that easy? You know, um, having bank accounts locally. You know, there's so many reasons why you need to be networked to understand what's available to you. Those things that we invested in way back in the day, uh, entrepreneurs organisation, young presidents organisation, these sorts of networks, they were just invaluable when it came to growth and that's that's where, I, and staying curious. But even so, you find some service online, you don't know if it's any good. So we tend to trust our friends and other business colleagues who've done it before. What do you see the biggest mistake that founders, entrepreneurs are making and is there a difference between men and women when they're making these mistakes? I think on a fundamental level, it is about keeping comparing yourselves. You know, do have your benchmarks for success, but it doesn't have to be versus somebody else. Male and female, look, it's really hard to know because, as you know, I don't really like talking about gender particularly. I think I'm an entrepreneur, I'm a role model for others, am I male, am I female, I'm not. But if I have tried to solve and understand why there's not more women with much bigger businesses, given that they start businesses more. And I think it's a control issue or it's a trust issue. And what I say about that is we often see women get their business, let's say, to a million-dollar turnover and then it's getting a little bit bigger and they might not be able to do everything themselves and they don't have those certain skill sets and do they trust that? And is it that they want to remain in control? Are they getting out of their own way. And I had one of my colleagues, Gemma, who's now the CEO, at some point say to me, you're strangling this business. And while I hated hearing that, it was actually the message that I needed right then, which is, you know, everything had to come through my door because I wanted to make sure it was all perfect until I realised that there's other forms of perfect, which is not my way, was going to be okay. Is that a gender issue or is that just the way that some of them are made? I don't know. But I have, is it that women don't ask for enough investment? Um, Is it that they don't dream big enough? Is that a gender issue? Are they not supported enough? You know, we've heard about stories of women showing up to do a pitch and there's not even a female toilet because they've never had women pitch before and there's definitely no uh, female investors. I think this is all moving. I think it's shifting. We've got scale investors in Melbourne. We've got some incredible uh, accelerated programs. So I guess the the thing that I would say is just challenge yourself to greatness. Do not be scared of the outcome. Understand that you need different skills and different talents at different times in your business and make sure you find them. It's really interesting when you talk about dreaming big enough. I know that 
you know, I met you in a, you know, in Antarctica, not Antarctica, in the Amazon Similar, when we went to right Brazil. Right next to and, each other. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, and it was on Unstoppables. And remember, it was a, it was an entrepreneur thing. And there were males and females there, but there was definitely more male business owners than female. And I remember when I was telling people that I was going, and people were like, "What do you mean? You're leaving? You're what? You're, you're not taking your family? You're not going?" And I'm like, "No, it's with work. It's a business thing." My husband's not in the business and the children would just, you know, strangle me. So, so why board, would I yeah. take them? And they, <laughs> that's right. And there was like, but, but um, you know, A, they were saying, should you be going without your family? So there was judgment, which I don't know if they would do that if it was to my husband. Um, they were going, oh, aren't you frightened about going to this place with these people you don't know? Well, no. And then, but what it did do is allowed me to think bigger because all of a sudden you're out of your little safety pod where you're talking to people that are doing different things and doing big things and I'll be honest between that trip and and another trip um, that I did with Emma Isaacs um, those two trips really inspired what you know we are now people coach and now we're we're working with people in India the US UK Singapore New Zealand Croatia and out of that pushing myself out of my boundaries and thinking bigger and dreaming bigger so um Yes, I understand that. You're absolutely right. Often because we can't see outside our own playpen, we can't see very far, it takes others for us to see. So different than my first comment about comparing ourselves versus being inspired by others or allowing other insight or just others' experience and learning from other people's experience. Uh, And that notion of being able to dream but also Dreaming with power, dreaming with reality. So, you know, I've heard founders come up with big, hairy, audacious goals, which are I want every single child in Australia to have an ex. Well, that's never going to happen because some grow and some get born. So, you know, being grounded in uh, in reality, possibility, opportunity, um, but having others to kind of stand behind you and go, oh, and what about? or have you thought of, or could you, uh, I think is really great. Um, I don't have any other questions. Do you have any for me? How are the kids? Oh, <laughs> lockdown, one's 17, one's 13, one's had glandular fever in lockdown, so in a way that was a blessing because he wasn't allowed out anyway. But, you know, we're all coping well. But we got a COVID puppy, so that's actually just made us, brought joy into our life, which I think without a COVID puppy, it would have been much, this last three months would have been much harder. Yeah. You know, and I think that's really important. And one reason for asking about the boys was I I felt incredibly, incredibly privileged with yourself and many others that I met that we do talk about our whole lives. And um, whilst it is your business, you're not in business with your husband, you've always had a different business partner than, and to have that space, but we are whole people and allowing our kids to see the contribution that we make is really, really important. Uh, my kids are in Victoria as well and um, missing them terribly, uh, but then very much looking forward to the time that we have uh, together. They grew up, they left home and they I, I taught them to be independent and to follow their dreams and they damn well did. So now I'm missing them terribly. 
But Christine, thanks so much. We're kind of having a good old chin wag and it is wonderful the friends that you meet throughout business, you know, in our long careers and we've known each other now for many, many years. And congratulations on this business because I do know that there was much soul searching for you about how you can make the biggest contribution to the Australian business community and congratulations. Thank you so much and I'll see you soon when we're allowed out. One day, someday, baby. <laughs> see you. 